anti it's a it's a deep anti-black uh, thing going on like that we've been taught we taught the minute we born we, we kind of taught like to being being anti-black by watching we watch tv we're educated a certain way yeah. religion plays a part of it um everything they showing us is whitewashed right right and our trauma the trauma that that's passed on from our parents our grandparents all of this is ingrained into us and i think until you're like properly educated on on what these, what, what, what all of these, what the systematic, yeah, yeah, not, not really the systematic, but just how great you are and how much anti-black shit is out there, right? But that's start, systematic though. Yeah, like yeah, 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 until yeah. you talked about it, you, you don't realize that yo, it's a system put in place right, right, to right. see how these things play out. Right, um, right. I know. So, I, I think we all experience like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like simple things is how we. You know, we interact with each other sometimes. I was talking to somebody um, the other day about just how much trauma we carry and how some of the things that we think is normal is not normal. It's not. Yeah. The it's fact not. that we always like, you know, oh, man, I'm cool. But you know you're not cool. You know you're not. And a lot of times we just need to vent. And and even in vent, it helps. It, it'll help you get through your day. Um um, I was, um, I went to the skate park with my, my homie. You remember Joey? You probably don't remember Joey, white guy Joey. But um, this little, this other lady that works with us, um, her son was in the in water thing and the water thing fell over on him and shit, right? And the, and he, the kid was under like water, like, you know what I'm saying? And she was, you know, she got him out and she was comforting him and shit. And I, was, I went over and I was like, you okay, little man? Woo -woo -woo -woo. I said, it's gonna be okay. And and I was, I thought about, I was like, that's not the proper thing to tell a kid that's, you know. Just drown, almost like. Almost drown, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like so much of the stuff that we do is, um, you know, it's not right. You know, we just do it. We just, we just kind of do it. Um, it might be a uh, uh, a survival mechanism for us as a people, but uh, it's just it's not it's not the best. But way. it happens in everyday life, right? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How I'm are good. you? Right. right. That's right. just the etiquette of it. But in reality, so but here's the thing: How often can you actually say, "No, I'm I, you know I'm just having a fucked up week, month, or year"? You know what I mean? Like. How many people can you actually open up to in life like that? You know, but if, if we were trained, if we were trained as a society or as people to do better, it, do better at loving each other. Yeah, get good, open up. Like, man, yeah, I'm not having a good day. All right, for real, man. If you want to talk, man, just give me a holler, man. Yeah. I understand. You I'm know? one of the guys that do that type of shit. Um, as of the last maybe year or two, I've kind of shelled. I kind of like brought it to a. A, a, a closer knit circle. Like I, I won't allow everybody to, to, to do that because what I found out is you end up taking on everybody's problems or they feel like it's okay to just come to you with their problems. And that was one of the things that I had to rid myself of because I started noticing like the extra feelings I was carrying. I, I felt a lot heavier when I was doing that, trying to, trying to be there for people. But at the same time, when you're the strong person who, who do you get the chance to lay your burden on or not even just a burden? When do you get a chance to vent? And it was, it became far and few 
in between with people that I knew where I could just be like, man, I'm having, I'm not having such a good day. You know what I mean? Or this last week was just really frustrating for me, you know? And for me, that was just one of the key things that I needed. It was just like, keep it, not just necessarily keep it close to my chest, but keep it, keep it to a small circle of people that I do trust enough to, to vent to. Like we look, we look down on people that go to therapy uh, as yeah. a soft, you know, and they, they pussy and shit, like they cowards or whatever, like you should man up. But yeah. in reality, in reality, if you don't have no one to talk to, maybe you should do that. You know what I mean? And, and then, and then, and then by, by, you know, telling somebody to man up, like now that person carries that trauma and that, that could become, uh, that could become uh, um, a, 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 another problem, you know, it could come a, become a mental illness. It could become a eating disorder. It could become a, a drinking disorder. It could be a substance abuse or, um, problem. Yeah. You know? um, because you're not telling them to cope with it. You're just telling them to put their feelings on the back burner or how they right. feel on the back burner. And that's festering. You know, right. it ain't nothing but a, a snowball going downhill. That's all it is. It, it, you know, even I, I believe a lot of our health issues come from our mental issues, you know, so. I do too. I think it's a, it's a, it's something that we definitely as a people I need to uh, kind of sit down and have, have talks with. I just started uh, going to a counselor, not because like, I'm just, just got the worst thing in my life going on or anything like that. But I just know uh, I, one of my partners that did fair time, he always, you know, he, he, he did 11 years and he came back home, you know, a new, a new, a different person, but you know, he talked about like how he think all black people need counseling, you know, and I agree. I definitely agree. I think we all need counseling, man. I think everybody needs counseling, but I yeah, definitely but know black that. folks need counseling. For definitely sure. as black because, people. Yeah. Yeah, because we carry so much trauma and we carry so much weight on our back from other people, like you're saying about, you know, y- y- us going to talk to somebody. Even like think about like the minute you're doing decent, now you're responsible for so many other people, like financially, um, health wise, you know, like I'm at home, right, in Louisiana. And guess what? Everybody called me. You know what I'm saying? Vitus, can you? do little things like take me to the store. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you have my kids out with math? I'm like, I'm an artist, not a, but I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll do it though, but that ain't my, that ain't my, that ain't my strength. But you know, people, people just, uh, our people have so much on their plate that, you know, when the minute you, you know, it looks like you're doing something worthwhile. They, you know, they like, yo, can you help me? I need help. And, you know, that's a burden that a lot of us have to t- uh, carry. What is it called? A uh, savior complex or savior? Um, I think it's savior complex. Yeah, something, something like that. I could. We survivor, could. Uh, survivors, something. Yeah, survivors something. remorse. Oh, where you yeah, make yeah. it out and you got to feel like you got to go yeah. and do. Yeah. feel like you have to do for others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think part of that, it is necessary. I just don't want to, for me, myself, and I'm sure like you and a few other people we know, I don't want to be the enabler in the crutch, right? right. Where you a know person me. continues to come to me for things and they never figure it out, you know? You know me, I always, you know, been the person to look out for the next one. So. Yeah. So but, but for me, but it, it's, it's just to a certain level, man. Like I just, 
I can't be that guy or that person that continues to just like help people. And it's just like, I just, they don't, they not getting it though. You know what I mean? Just like, I, I know in the last couple of years, and I know I, I said this before, like in the last couple of years, I just learned to cut things down. It's just like for one particular person, if, even if they hear it, like how long are you going to continue to fuck up? Right? Because the money I give you, I know I'm not getting back. I know that money not coming back to me. So when I'm, when I'm giving you, when I'm giving you this cash and you go and do whatever with it, like how long will it be before you figure it out? Like, man, maybe I need to save up or maybe I need to start figuring out some better things in life. Maybe there are some things I need to to do to upgrade my life instead of just depending on this guy or that person or whatever. And I had to, I love people, man. And I love helping people. Like that's not the problem, but it's just that one of those things where I just didn't want to be a fucking crutch, bro. And there's no way I can be a crutch and an enabler and better myself while you continue to just do nothing with your, with your time or with the resources that you have, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't mind. I don't mind helping people. I just, I just had to cut certain things off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. It's, I know, man, like just, just getting to that place of like love, you do, you have to understand self-care outside of like, you know, helping other people. So yeah, it's one of the things that's hard, you know, as you, as you start loving yourself and as you like, I think as you start educating yourself on like, the, the amount of things that's went on, that has been done to our community, it just make it hard for you not to, to, to tell people no sometimes because you, you know, like, like, man, I know you on, I know you on. I know you got hard times. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. And I know, I know it's bigger than what was, what's that face value, you know? And I think that's what's, that's the biggest thing for me is that I try to always tell myself that it's not our fault, you know? It's really not our fault. How this whole system of living is, um, it's not even real and it's, and, and it's set up for, um, it's set, a lot of it, a lot of it is set up as with anti-black policies and, and, and which allows certain class a certain class thing to, to exist you know all of the resources are are being hoarded by just a, a small few people and the way the rest of us live is dictated by that small that small group of people and we have to i think that's how you start to understand how how to love the next person is that you understand that we're all living in this system for re, uh by by design correct you know? You know, it's designed to to, um, to have us frustrated with each other. Frustration leads to anger, resentment, you know, all that stuff, you know. You know the crazy part about it is when you're growing up, you don't really notice it as much, you know, but then when you grow up and you grow out of it and you realize, for me, myself, I'm not speaking for nobody else. When you realize not just the trauma that you've been through, but the trauma you may have produced or the way you have expressed it through violent acts and, and, and things like that. And you look back and you go, yo, that, that was nowhere near healthy mm-hmm. for anybody. Like I hurt. So, and, and for me, I'm speaking on myself, like you, you hurt people. Like I, I've hurt people physically, 
and, mm-hmm. and other ways too. But it's just like you, you've done so much damage. You know what I mean? And you have to look at it and go, "There's no way that that should be tolerated." You know what I mean? Like, and you're looking at the young men who who, who are in turn because it's it's cyclical, right? It's right. a cycle. So you're watching the next generation doing it. And that, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to be a part of a youth program and give back and be a mentee or whatever it is, a mentor or whatever, but a role model, real model. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be involved in that is because you looking at all a lot of that shit and you're like, this is not cool. Right. It's not cool. And there's no way that we should be accepting of this type of behavior. But one of the things, man, I, 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 I say a lot of times, man, is it starts on the inside, right? Like if you don't love yourself, if you don't know who yourself, who who you are, then you start to you start to become a part of that process and in that, in that cycle where you you start to do the negative the negative shit, the, the the destructive mentality starts to take place, and you start to hate the people around you. You st- you hate where you are. You ha- you shit. You might even hate the people you stand with. Right. You know, so it's one of those things, man, where, um, yeah, I think therapy, therapy is a good thing. But I also think loving one another, loving the people in the household, telling the kids, showing them books of, of where we where we have been great and where we still are great. The the t- television program, like some of the drop that shit, like tell them to read a book. Ain't going to be no TV time for the first three, four hours, blah, blah, blah. When you get home is it's. it's homework and and you know whatever it may be but i think it's a it's a, a job that has been done over time to make sure that we these are the things that we're shrouded by and we continue to walk into this mist of fog of bullshit but it's very important man and i tell young guys all the time you know you have to start with loving yourself it starts here on the inside man and once you realize who you are and you can walk in that and you know who you are then you do better you do better by other people because you become responsible and there's a level of uh, accountability that you have as a person where you want to do better things, you know, and you just grow, you just build and you start to see yourself change. And hopefully others not only see you change, but it makes them want to change, change as well. Man, I got I got so many better opportunities just from being a better person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, um, I always talk about karma. Um, karma is not only bad. Karma is good. The energy you put out come back to you. You know, that's why even when it comes to the rap music, you know, sometimes when these guys are, you know, rapping about violence, it comes back, you know. And, you know, I always think about Outkast, Andre, I think it was Andre or Big Boy was talking about when they're out on tour, they don't have the same problems that some people have because that's not their energy that they put out there. You know, they put out a different type of energy. So the energy that come back to them is positive. And I feel like I, you know, like I've been, you know, I've met some good people because I'm a good person, you know. I put out good energy, you know. I um do my do everything in my will to um to not be around, you know, fucked up people. That is okay if I curse, right? Yeah, absolutely. We grown, bro. Yeah, we a hundred yeah. years old. We say what we want to say. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think um. You know, that's important. Like even, you know, even when you ha- are around somebody with bad energy, you, you're still putting off good energy, put, putting off good energy. And that kind of like, sometimes it, it changed them, you know? 
Yeah. You just got to be like, aware of it. And yeah, you yeah. Control of your own shit. Yeah, I don't have to act like this, you know. And you know, like, and I hate to say it, but prison, prison culture, like, really, like, run our our communities, you know. Uh, and that's why, like, you know, how brothers interact with each other is because most of us are in um, survival mode, you know, trying to, you know, fight or flight type of mode, you know. So a lot of us, we do things to, to to push people away, uh, to protect ourselves, to make people afraid. I was thinking about having an art show called Why Dogs Bark, you know what mm. I mean? And dogs, dogs bark to get you away from them. They, they're trying to scare you to get you, bag you up, you know? Yeah, they hear shit so, that we can't hear. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of stuff that we do as people, it's really to, uh, it's a defense mechanism to keep people at, at a distance, you know? So a lot of times when we're doing stuff, it's just like us being afraid. And when you're, um, when you're um, able to be open, you know, with, with around people, they they start looking at you different. They're like, dude, different, man. Like, yeah. you know, and I open up to people, man. They be like, what the fuck is wrong with him, man? Right, 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 right. Yeah, just being just being personable and being like, you know, being an open book to some people, like it just helped them. You know, like, like, man, you know, bro, I, I like talking to you. You know what I'm saying? I like, you know, because it's just like so many people out here just this, um, that believe what's been told to them. You know, they've been told that everything fucked up. Nah, everything not fucked up. All of us not fucked up. A lot of us, the majority of us want to live just a good life. Just want to yeah. live, yeah. want to, you know, want to travel. You know, yeah. want to be want to be a good neighbor, yeah. but when you keep hearing that, um, you know, your neighbor's gonna break in your house, your neighbor's gonna do this, then you start believing it. You know, yeah. like when I was a kid, I started. I, I was we was carrying pistols because we was scared. We was we we was told that you won't live to be sixteen. You know what I mean? So even in 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 um, little bitty town Louisiana where I'm from. You know, we was we was living like we was living like that because we we was scared. You know what I'm saying? And then the next the next dude doing the same thing. So the next dude scared. I'm scared. If a situation go down, what's gonna happen? Somebody gonna pull. Yeah. Right. And that's what and that's kind of like what's going on. You know, I'm really like, you know, like you know, I look at I, I sit back and I look at a lot of stuff like looking at history and stuff, and I know like. You know, for for a lot for our people, like you know, we in cycles, right? We're always moving in cycles, right? You know what I mean? And I'm like, I can't wait to this. I can't wait till this cycle kind of like we move past this cycle. You know, this 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 street shit, like. But I think it. I think we more people got to just realize, man, we got to reject that shit. Like yeah, all yeah. this, all this talk about ops. Look, I'm from Chicago, but all this talk about ops and sticks yeah. and shit. Like we got to get past that, man. Because yeah. and that's my that's my question. We've been on this for 20, 20 years. Twenty since NWA. That's that's been a long time. That's you know? been a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, before and all they was, have adopted now is just the latest Chicago slang and right. It's, 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 it's real hard when I listen to them. I'm like, yo, do people realize that these guys are talking about sliding around the city doing doing dirt? Like they talking about, you know what I'm saying? Like, like this, this is not good. 
You know what I mean? But but there was a point for us when we this was our shit though, right? Like if we if if I'm being honest, you know, I love NWA. I, I used to love listening to MCA and shit like that. Me too, um, I did too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love I love listening to all that shit, Scarface and everything like that. But it it, it gotta it, it has to be a point where not only the, the we the, we're asking the kids to be responsible and the parents, but we got to, I think as a whole, like we got to be like, yo, we don't, we, that's not the shit that we want to hear, man. Like this shit is, it's, it's drone music and it's only producing one result. And we need to change that, man, because the kids are at risk. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like to be honest, I think, I think, I think, I think the kids are gonna, the kid is, I don't know. I guess the kids are who we put, what we put in them, right? That's who the kids are. But the kids are like the ones that create like what the movements and what's cool and what's next. Correct. I, I guess it's a it's a community thing. So I guess that's what I was saying. It's like it's we. Right. The young, the older people have to have to talk to the young folk, and then the young folk will react by doing what they normally do, which is being rebellious. And, and changing the flow of of river, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh. Because I, I feel like to a certain degree, like they they aren't being told that hey, son, nephew, daughter, niece, grandbabies, that's music, and that music that you're listening to isn't your life. It's the life of the person who is singing it or rapping it. Like that's their particular life. While some of them may not have done it. It's it's for your it's for your entertainment. It's not for you to take li- in a literal sense and, and think that this is the way that you should live your life. This is this person. You may relate to some of this stuff, but it, this is not your life and everything. Uh, real quick, let me say this. Welcome to Full Profits Podcast. My guest today is one of the biggest drug dealers from uh, the southeast region of. <laughs> I'm a drug dealer. I'm. A, that's what I. That's what I sell. I sell drugs. Yeah, he was one of the biggest drug dealers of the southeast region of uh, the South. Uh, my guest today is a, my friend, big brother to me, Vita Shell. Peace, my guy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am a um, big time drug dealer, and my drugs of choice that I sell is art. So um, I'm trying to. Um, Trying to put that put that out there and keep it, you know, keep it going. I've been, you know, I've been in the game for what since two two thousand two thousand two, pretty much. That's when I really start um, getting out there and really doing my thing with it. So, um, so you you would say two thousand two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like two thousand two was my time. Um, and during school, it was just more like. You know, you learn, you're trying to learn and you're figuring it out. And then 2001 was when I worked for that. Um, I worked for that promotional, the urban promotional company. Uh, and then I feel like after I left that company, that's when I really started like getting into doing the art thing really deep. Yeah. In the process, were you like moving around, doing a lot of traveling? Yeah, you know, um, we had that little artist group. Well, I don't want to say little. We had an artist group in Memphis, um, which to me was a big deal because we all came together because it wasn't much going on for black artists in Memphis. And what we did was we wasn't making a lot of money. So we would just take, 
you know, the nickels that this person got, nickels I got, plus nickels from another person and go travel. And we would go see other artists, you know, go meet other artists, go check out shows. Um, we would um, have shows together, put things together like that. So we did a lot of traveling. We would, you know, on, a, on, on small budgets, man. But it was, I think it was, we all had a big vision. And the thing that I uh, have, I find pride in when I look back at that group is that the majority of us are still working, which means, and that's hard, you know, that's hard to, to look at anybody yeah. that's in a group, been in a group and see that the majority of the people are still working, you know? Yeah. So I, I find pride in that. And I find also find pride in when I go back to Memphis and I see it's so many new people doing what we were doing, you know, and then they taking it to a whole nother level. So I find a lot of, and I, I find pride in that. And, um, and, and, and that's the thing that, that I feel like going, you know, going full circle, like finding pride in yourself and in, 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 in who you are, you know, and, 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 and in that, that's when you start understanding that the, the bigger, when you're thinking about yourself, you're thinking about the bigger collective, you know? So my family is me. My community is me, and as my community do well, I'm doing well. As as I find, as I as I understand my history of of my people and my family and my community, that 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 also builds builds me to be a better person, right? It helps me to understand that I'm, you know, I'm important. You know, Absolutely. even if I even if I'm just um, mowing yards. I'm important because I'm adding to the collective, to the collective history of what's important and what's beautiful about my, my myself, my family, and my community. You know, absolutely. So I think that's that that goes back to like loving yourself, and then and I think loving yourself understand and and it comes with understanding who you are and who and how you fit into the 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 bigger narrative of our our um, communities. The show that you said you were going to do, uh, Why Dogs Bark, are you still going to do that? I don't know, man. I just don't, I, you know, the whole connection between men and dogs, I, I it kind of like bothers me a little bit, but I I, I like the, the idea of why men, why dogs bark, because, you know, it's this kind of like thing when you, when you're in the hood, you know, a lot of dudes, they're not about that, but they just kind of like doing doing these things to keep you at bay. And that's what dogs do. They bark to keep you out the yard, keep you out of there, you know, from getting close to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like the idea of it, but I, I guess I want what I've been thinking about is trying to figure out a, a better way to say it. Um, I think it's a, it's, it's a dope concept though. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I understand not using it because you don't want people to just look at men at all. Oh, this is men or whatever, but uh i think that's a dope that's a dope concept it just it just is when you come when you come from a certain certain part of, uh, of the community and you um and you know people i think that's why that's why you like yeah that's dope because you understand you know yeah. you understand uh, on a different level than yeah something. i know i know i know uh, or i've been around uh, uh quite a few people who know how to bark but if you open the gate, if you open the gate, they ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> right, right, exactly. They ain't gonna do nothing. You open the gate on them, 
while you open the gate, they just stand there and look at you like, what's up now? Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I seen. So, um, the, I guess, let me see what I'm working on as far as work. Um, I'm, I'm about to start working on this show that's going to be called Ice Cream Man. Uh, and it's about, uh, it's really about the fear of black man. Um, mm. Yeah. So Ice cream, man. Yeah. I'm using um, the idea of Master P as Ice Cream Man um, song as a, a, base, a base to talk about um, the fear of the black man, I guess. The fear of black men or the fear of black man's dick? I mean, it all goes together, right? <laughs> I guess so. It all goes together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like what my, my the basis of what I'm, I'm that's what I'm work, about to start working on. I got a few exhibitions coming up in Ju July and August. Um, so we'll see what kind of come out of it. Wait, so you started already? Um, I've been, it's in my head and I've been writing things down. Um, I'm going to probably put a, a model call out soon. And when I find the right person, uh, I'm going to start taking pictures and then start making the work. I just got a new studio. So I got some room to make some work and do do what I want to do. So, okay. I did about it. That sounds dope. Yeah, it's going to be dope. It's gonna so you're going to call it the ice cream man? Um, Yeah, it's going to be like um, ice cream man, the catalyst, the let me see. I got it in my phone. No, don't talk too much about it because I don't want nobody to, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but you know, we all here, and I'm gonna give you the man, the manifested fear, of white privilege, ice cream man, the attack of white comfort, white ice cream man, the perception of white anxiety, ice cream man, the catalyst of white rage. So you know, the, the figures that that I'm gonna paint gonna be like. You know this idea of um, why people are scared of just a black man, and you know, like I always think of I, a lot of things. The thing that echoes in my head the most is Tupac' uh, explanation of thug life. The hate you give little infants fucks everybody. Yeah, but the whole thing of of like you know um, when when other people look at us, they can't tell the difference between a thug or just a a regular brother. Yeah. You, know, you see what I got on right now. You know, I can walk in a certain place and somebody be afraid, you know. So it's this thin line between like thug and and businessman, thug and professor, thug and father. Yeah. You know? Or you ha having dreads. Right. We're in the same clothes as another guy and he yeah. might be on something totally different than you are, but they still see us right. both the same way. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. That's why I don't I don't um, live under that premise of uh, nigger, the nigger and the black man, um, because in somebody's eyes you a nigger. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be some, to some person out there that ain't you. You right. still a nigger to him. Right. Still so you have nigger. to be careful in drawing lines in the sand and saying, "Them niggers, we black folks." Nah, we nah. all black folks. Nah, all yeah. of them looking at all of us as niggers. Yeah. All yeah. of. Us. So you know. Um, yeah, so you have to be careful with all of that. Um, and to anybody else saying, I, I never thought that you did. You did. You did it right. as a kid, or you did it as an adult. And if you didn't do it, you was in a group of you was you was with a group of people who did it. 
and you right. ain't say nothing. Right. So it's so it's happening. Right. So I, I you know, you, I, I'm always like, I just I don't feel when people say that. You know, I know it's a Chris Rock joke and it's funny. You know, but yeah, I don't I don't like it. Yeah, I uh, I tell people that all the time. To me, it's no difference between when you go a person going light skin versus dark skin. Yeah. Bro, all you doing is keeping stereotypes and and you keeping the, the the cycle going. So, and I understand people want to tell jokes and people want to be funny and not everything right. like that. But right. you know, uh, it's 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 not needed, and it, there's a lot of healing that needs to be that needs to happen amongst us anyway. So, um, take me back, man. Where did you grow up, bro? So, um, I'm originally from the north north louisiana uh, monroe louisiana which is uh is on i-20 uh it's between it's pretty much in the middle of shreveport and jackson mississippi if you're riding down 20 like if you're going you know 20 goes from dallas to atlanta pretty much so i'm in north louisiana uh, most people i always ask like where how far is that from new orleans and we like four hours from new orleans because okay. we're in the north part of Louisiana. Um, my North Louisiana is very conservative. Uh, it's the Bible Belt. I heard somebody uh, describe it the other day as the buckle on the, and the <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> on the Bible Belt. Um, it's in um, Monroe. It's sixty-five uh, percent black. Um, Hugh P. Newton. It was born here. Bill Russell was born here. Um, let's see. Um, and yeah, so and my mom, my family, my mom is from um, north, of, even more north Louisiana than me. And my dad is from Mississippi, which, okay. you know, okay, it seemed like everybody got some family from Mississippi. Absolutely. That was a whole red lining and everything where everybody kind of migrated again from the South up to Chicago, the Midwest, Detroit, and they kind of just like uh, ventured out um, another migration, just like Africa did. Um, what was the peaking interest for you to get into art? Man, I've always been an artist, man. Okay. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about this too. Like, um, man, I've, when I was three, I was drawing and doing what every other kid do, you know, drawing everything, all of that stuff. Um, but what what concreted me being an artist was, I feel like it was like the stars all lined up, man. Ever since I was a kid, like everything just happened the way it's supposed to happen, right? So I took the um, talented art program when I was in the fourth grade, didn't get in, right? You you know, you hear people get burnt out when they start too early, right? Um, in the eighth grade, I took the talented art uh, pro, uh, test again and I got in, but I didn't get to take the talented art class until my ninth grade year when I got to high school. In high school, uh, my first teacher, it was, um, he was, he was more like, we just was working. We just do stuff. My my next year teacher, she came in and she really like pushed me to use materials. 
try different stuff, um, go go find somebody in the hall and draw them. So it was like, she was really prepping me to draw from life. And I always drew things around me, right? Even when we stayed in the projects, I remember we I would draw what I saw, you know? You know, I would draw shoes and dudes um, that's, you know, out there hanging and nice cars and all that stuff, right? Um, and then my senior year, I got another teacher and he, um, he encouraged me to apply for college. And I was like, college? College? I was like, I ain't know, I wasn't thinking about going to college. I, shit, I was like, I'm either gonna go get a job at Walmart or I'm gonna uh, go to the military or some shit. Mm. I'm glad like he told me, he's like, man, look at this. He gave me that national portfolio um, day um, little piece of paper and it had all these colleges on it. And I started looking into like what a bachelor's was, what a master's was, what an associate's was. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I started looking at what's the difference between just a, a liberal arts college and uh, art school. And then I started looking at the, the art institutes and seeing what that was versus the art school. And I was like, man, you know what? I wanna go to an art school. I wanna go to a four year art school, right? And I wanna go to somewhere that's close in the South. So I looked at Atlanta, I looked at Wrangling I looked at Savannah and I looked at Memphis College of Art. I applied for Ringland, uh, I applied for Memphis, um, Atlanta and uh, Savannah. I got into Savannah and I got into Memphis, both like real late, real late in the game. I think around mm. May, I got my letters of exception, uh, acceptance. And uh, my dad was the person that like put the nail in the coffin. He was like, man, if your car break down, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna be able to drive out there for the Savannah to go help you. And I was like, okay, you're right. So I chose Memphis. And I think Memphis happened to, like, it was just the stars lining up, right? It was like, you know, it just was making sense. So I went to Memphis, find out Memphis was only four and a half hours from Louis, from Monroe. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go to Memphis. Went to, went, we got to Memphis and you know, Alonzo Davis was there at, 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 um, at Memphis College of Arts. And Alonzo never worked with me hands-on, but he always, like, encouraged me, talked to me. He stopped me in the hall, talked to me a little bit and all that. And then one day he just stopped me and he was like, yo, this lady named Brenda Joy Smith just moved to town and she looking for some help. He's like, here's her number. Uh, give her a call. And I was like, all right. And I talked to her and I went, started working with her. And she just, like, I just was watching her and I saw the house that they had, man. They had that big house downtown um, Memphis. I was like, yeah, this is what I want. I want, I want to do this. This I want to do this. So uh, I started working with her and her husband. I started learning the business of being an artist and you know, how, how you put in your time and all of that. So when, by the time I graduated, I had a, a better idea of what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure. But, you know, I started doing, started doing that. And then we had the artist group come to play. You know, all of us would come to Joy Smith uh, Gallery. Um, and, you know, we was talking about what was going on in the, on the art scene and, you know, how it was a, lot, it was a lack of um, representation for Black folks. And, you know, Memphis is a Black town. You know, Memphis 65% Black too. 
So it was like, man, this ain't right. So we started coming together and doing our own shows. We started having critiques. So it was kind of like I got a grad school experience, you know, and, and um, with, the, with the group Nia. And we would travel and do things like that. And then, um, I, you know, I would have my own shows. I started having more focusing on my stuff as well. And I had a show in Oxford. And um, one of my professors from undergrad was there. And she, she told me they had some openings in grad school. You know, I applied. She's, I applied. She told me I should apply. I applied. I got in. And then, you know, grad school was more like me getting a chance to work on my work more. Me getting to uh, experiment with some, 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 some um, trying to figure out how printmaking um because that's what i focused on i was already a painter so i was like i can do something different and i started focusing on how printmaking um could become a part of what i did and i started looking at other artists i was looking at Kara james marshall's work and i was like yo he using unstretched canvas i'm about to try this so i started using unstretched canvases and paper doing everything like just explain what unstretched canvas is please you know most of the time you when you see canvases, it's on the stretcher bars, so it's like on that on those little blocks of wood, and um, you can hang it on the wall and all that stuff. Unstretched canvases without the stretcher bars is just a straight canvas. It kind of looks, it has the look of uh, um, the movie posters kind of feel, um, or, or or vinyl like a vinyl sign or something like that. So. I started thinking about that. I was like, this is what I want. This, this is the direction I want to go with my work. It's cheaper to, it's cheaper to, to mail, you know, shit like that. So that was like, that was like, I was like, this, this makes sense to me. This is what I want to do with my work. And then by the time I graduated, I, um, I won a John Mitchell award. Um, I got into this big residency art residency program in Maine. And I got a gallery. I got a big gallery in Chelsea, um, which was all like a big deal. But it didn't work because um, I was like just so burned out from from school, and I was kind of like trying to adjust to being back in Louisiana. And then the recession hit. All that stuff kind of happened at the same time. Mm. So, but the 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 thing. The stars, right? Stars trying to align. The, the 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 big thing about that was I came home and I started messing with the hip hop, with the music, right? So I started doing messing with the music and all the stuff I was learning from the music. I was like, man, you know, this this uh this how you deal with this, this how you deal with that. And then when the music thing kind of started um, drying up, I was like, I can apply all the stuff that I was doing with the music into what I was doing with the art. You know what I mean, so it was kind of like a, a a learning experience for me. It was a me coming back home, seeing people I knew that was on drugs, or some people was working, but look, you know, was it happy? Um, I, I became a better community person. You know, I felt like if that gallery situation would have happened like it was supposed to happen, you know, me selling. $25,000, paintings. Did you get any time in the, in, the, in the gallery? Like, did you were you able to do anything? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they sold some pieces for me. Okay. They sold, sold some pieces for me when, when I never had a, like an official show. Okay. Okay. I, th- I think it just kind of worked the way it was supposed to work, you know, because I became a much better, a, a much better person, more well-rounded. You know, now when I do my work, I'm thinking about like community. I'm thinking about how, you know, my work connects to a certain group of people. I feel like, you know, when you think about art, you always, and you think about art and you think about black people, you're thinking about upper middle class black folk, right? And the, the, the people that get left out are the people that a lot of times the work is about, you know what I mean? So like my work is from that, that group of people because that's where I'm from. And I'm of them, I'm of, I'm of that, you know, I'm of those people. I'm still there when I, you know, when I travel, I make sure I go, you know, hang around with the people. Like I want to know what's really going on. And I try, and I apply a lot of that into the work. You know, so I think a lot of times, like the conversation that's being had around black folks with artists, is more like a a middle class kind of conversation. And I feel like I'm that um, I want, I'm a part of the missing link when it comes to um, the people from the bottom. Do you think that's like a delicate conversation because people don't want to have it? Um, I think it's. I think it's some, I don't know. I don't know what it is, to be honest. Okay. I think it might be a part of us buying um, buying the American dream, maybe, you know, like this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, we always talking about um, um, the, 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 where the conversation now is like, you know, um, destroying the system and rethinking the system, right? But I don't, I think, we kind of playing into the system by continuing to ignore the people at the very, very bottom, the poor, poor black folk, you know, and it, and it might be that they might just be scared. Did you say that? <laughs> I believe them uh, a good percentage of people are scared because yeah. to a certain degree, there's a level of information that people don't have access to. Right. Yeah. And there are other people who may just be comfortable or content where they are. So doing something that makes them uncomfortable and it's not something that um, they don't really see the ends justifying the means. Like if they don't understand that and what the goal is, like I don't, you, you definitely see people backing up and being scared. Uh, we see it often, right? I, I've been telling people about group economics for a while and you know, it's something that people shy away from, like they 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 back up off of it. Or people, hey, now now I see people doing it because of what happened on the stock market, and people was like, hey, were you in on that? I was like, well, there were groups of people that you could have got in with, and they could have just showed you how to trade, you know, and you could start a whole text thread or a WhatsApp thread, and that shit could have worked in your favor. But um, yeah, people people are scared, man. I think some people don't understand why they're scared. And, and fear is just nothing but uh, the unknown. Like you don't necessarily know what's on the other side and you won't until you, until you try it. You know, I tell people that all the time, like you have to, you have to have the mentality where it's fly or die. Um, you get either going to jump from the nest and fly or you're going to jump to your doom. And in most situations, you know, if, on your way down, you'll find out how to 
ride a current, you know what I mean? But it, it's it's just all about applying yourself and, and the things that you don't know. We live in an age of technology now where you can pick up the phone and Google or right. YouTube the hell out of something. So um, how do you get how do you get people at the very bottom to buy into that? Like I feel like I feel like middle middle class kids, right, or kids that go, you know, kids go to college, you you kind of you're 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 being groomed into that that middle class, right? You know, nobody want to be ultra rich, ultra rich, you know, not, not, not down, deep down inside because when you rich, rich, no, you can't trust anybody. You know, you, you, you live isolated from people. Most people want to live middle-class where you comfortable, you know, you can still go visit. Um, you can go visit your poor cousins. You can go visit your rich cousins and fit in. Right. But nobody just want to be like just ultimately like rich, rich, you know, in the sense where you just isolated, right? So most of us live to live to try to be middle class, like even like even like the rich black folks, they don't want to be isolated where they can't, you know, deal with people, right? They like, you know, that's why they bring, that's why they get the money and then they start bringing more of their people around, yeah. right? Because they don't want to be isolated, rich, where you at the top of the, you know, people like, oh, he, you know, he, he, he wanted, he part of the 1% that, you know, nobody want to be that. People really want to be like more, you know, maybe well off, but still related, being able to be relatable to people. Yeah, I, I guess. I, yeah. I feel like if, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be rich, rich, the whole point is to elevate everybody as I move up. Like, I, I understand not wanting to be isolated because the further you move up, the more, the skin right. tone changes, but I also and understand. Can't relate, and people can't relate to you. Yeah, and that's and that's cool. But as I move up, I feel like pulling people up with me and putting certain other people in positions makes it easier mm -hmm. um, for me to say, well, I don't know these people. And, and of course, we're not going to have uh, similarities and we're not going to be on the best terms. But I, I, I still would like to, you know, have that in my back pocket because I can, again, can still pull people up. And it would be important to me to do to to be able to do that to make sure that not everyone goes, but there are those who who understand what the mission is. You know that I do pull them up and and, and make sure that they that they apply themselves to whatever the goal is at the time. So yeah, I I, I would prefer being rich, rich. Like I, I I'm not against I think, that. I think all. we need to challenge that idea too. Huh? We need, we need to challenge that idea. So what's the purpose of being? super rich for me it would be to provide you know like i don't need to be super rich for me but i know i know it's a bunch of people i know it's a bunch of schools that need to be changed i know it's a bunch of things that need to be, happen with hbcus i know uh there needs to be actual nutrition programs and actual food uh well why but but see okay why do you have to be ultra why do you have to be ultra rich in order for those things to happen well, maybe I don't need to be, but exactly. That's my that was my that was my point. Is that we have to start challenging this idea of being ultra rich to fix things. What if we just took those resources, right? If you had five hundred thousand dollars in your, or you had six million dollars in your in your bank account, that's kind of pretty good to live off of. You know what I mean? Correct. So you're not over living or over uh, over. Extending your, you know, what yeah. you, what you, what you, what you 
buying and yeah. you know, it's that in the third. All right. So now we look at a billionaire, right? That's too much fucking money for any person to have. When it's so many people that's hungry and so many other places that could use those resources, right? It's really, it's really this fucked up, greedy um, um, mentality that we're being taught. We're being taught to be a billionaire, to be because if I'm a billionaire, now I'm gonna give money to this. Nah, what if we just not put that money in your account and we put it into the resources that need need it, and then and you live comfortable. And your the the money the uh, the money you I would live comfortable though. Like, I, I yeah, wouldn't be out here. I wouldn't be like extravagant. Like I know you would. I know you would. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying that 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 how ideal of being ultraly rich is is. I don't need to be a billion. I just need enough to I make know. sure that I'm straight, and then like I can change the way these schools and these environments are. They fucked up. Like we know this. Right, you know this, and, 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 that that's the, and that's the worst part about greed is that we know that it's something fucked up about people that's ultimately rich, because we come from situations where we know these places need the resources. Correct. You know, when we look at basketball players making thirty million dollars a year, it's like, damn, man, that's like, that's really like jacked up, like, because we got people that's super important to the community that need to be paid more. Yeah. What if we pay teachers $100,000 and then pay basketball players $100,000? Like what would be wrong with that, you know? Especially if we, we're teaching them how to really uh, invest their money where they don't go broke, you know, in the end, you know? It's just like this whole idea of just being like, I don't know, man. The whole money fuck shit shit is fucked up anyway. It is, it is, it but is I, I I I know that having that type of resource would allow me to be able, and it, it, not necessarily because, like I said, I wouldn't want to be an extravagant person. But I know right. that you're not that you're, you're never been that. No, you've always been like a you know even I'm, with the money I'm, I'm I do. Clean, yeah, even yeah, with the money I do have. But the other part of it was would be that people will understand that representation of me. Like, okay, he knows how to handle a dollar or handle a million dollars or handle a hundred million dollars, right? Right. So I would be able to garner attention and get more people involved with what I was trying to do. That would that would be my main thing. After that, you know, like it's not I only need one gold toilet, you know. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the point. That's that's my whole point. No, I don't need yeah, that. You shit. know, we don't need we don't need ten. We don't need a hundred gold toys. We just I don't need, need none of that, that one. But you know, but 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 that that's my point is that you know just having uh, nice stuff and being comfortable is should be enough for all of us. But we've been taught like this whole American ideal of money is everything, which is really fucked up. It, it, Capitalism it, it so much. It does so much um, bad to our, to our to our to everybody, and that's why dudes out robbing each other and shit. You rob your own homeboy and shit like that. That because money is money is fucked up. You know, money ain't nothing but a way to hoard resources. You know, it's a, because it's a piece of paper. It's it's not even it's an abstract thing, right? Yeah. It, and it don't and have the, much value to it. Yeah, yeah, with this abstract thing, it controls. It controls everything we have. It controls the water we drink. It yeah. controls the air we breathe, you know? And it's messed up. We should be thinking like, you know, the way people talk about rethinking, rethinking um, 
the way we do things is that's that's the stuff that I'm I'm really more interested in. So like you think, do you think also that instead of what is it a minimum wage that there should be a maximum wage too? Like yeah. if you reach a certain that's point, that's where money- that's where that's where it get tricky, right? That's where it get tricky when we talk about freedom. We talk about freedom, the freedom to do well as we we like, and then we talk about controlling the amount of money somebody can make, right? That's when it gets kind of tricky. Like if we start saying, okay, you can only make this much money. Well, I'm just saying like, so what if the ceiling was 50 billion and and every time one of them hit a hundred, you're just like, all right, this goes to education and science and this, that, and the third. You don't, you don't really need all that. Man, I, I ain't gonna even lie. I, 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 I've thought about this whole ideal of ceiling, but I don't know. I don't know the answer for it. Yeah. To be honest. Okay. Yeah, I just think yeah, it's a situation I, where, like, huh? Nah, that's all I was saying. I just uh, don't know the answer. Yeah, for me, I was, it was a situation where I was just like, you know what? If, if it were me, I know what I would do with the money. I know what I would do with the money. You know. Right. And it would just be the continuation. So, do you, do you think you think is it? Do you think it'd be better to have a ceiling? Uh. So here, I guess one of my rules or one of the stipulations to the ceiling would be: What are you doing with the money? Right. At the after becomes, you get that become what? That's what after you get to a certain call, level, like, what are you doing with it? Like, yeah, how much do you consider socialism? Say what? I think that's considered socialism. Something you like that, control, yeah. Like you put a ceiling on money. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's just like, what are you doing with the money? If you, once you get to a certain point, uh, how much of this money is being given back into into communities where people are starving, this, that, and the third? Uh, or is it just being hoard, hoarded to yeah. just make you feel better? Yeah, like what do you? In the end, you got a hundred billion dollars in the bank, and it's easy for us to say that shit right now because we don't have a hundred billion dollars. Um, I know somebody told me that they was like, "Wait till you may have a hundred thousand dollars." You know what I mean? And, and you will look at things a lot differently. And it, 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 it to a certain degree, it's true. It's just like, yo, this is my fucking money. I do what I want. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I earned the right, or, or whoever it is, you earn the right to do what you want once you become that successful. But, um. Strictly for me, I just know that then, other people that are starving and that, and that no, need help. I think that's, I don't know, I think that's that's a part of that whole, um, it's kind of like fake though, like, so people that, people that, like, like our grandparents that really, really worked fucking hard, slaved in, 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 in fields, being, being sharecroppers. You know, I ain't even talking about the enslaved family members. I'm talking about just sharecropping family members. You know, it's, that's what that's where that's where this whole idea to me it gets. It's just like a lot of um, we've been tricked to believe like I worked real hard to get all this money. Like, but what about other people that work hard and don't get shit? That that that's working three jobs. You know, that's that's true. So I, that's why that's why yeah that. That's where that's where that whole thing of do if you put a ceiling on it, and those people that do deserve it, I just feel like people we just we sh- we need to be at a, a a place where we we can share 
resources better, you know, and that's where I am with it. I'm, I'm just, you know. Are you saying I didn't work hard for my money? Which, which ditch, which ditch did you uh dig? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I ain't did no ditch, but you know, I learned how to. I know you did. I know you did. I'm just saying, you know, like people. It's just like when you think about hard work, you know, yeah, I work hard, right? We both work hard, right? But when we consider like how do we how do we measure hard work? Do we measure hard work? I, I, and I hear what you're saying. I get it. You know, teachers dealing with our kids, do we they don't get paid nothing. No, they don't. They, you know? they, they, their, their salary should be raised a lot, a lot, a lot, right. lot, lot, lot. And then you got a CEO, a CEO that's over company. He's 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 not doing much work. He's doing more of maybe um, thinking thinking of who to put in place to 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 help get things done. But he's yeah. not doing he that much work. Shit. Yeah. So you know, it's just that's why all I'm saying. And I'm not saying you. I don't know what your bank account look like right now. You probably deserve every nickel that's in that joint. I got a nickel. I got two nickels. I'm saying. Yeah, you got two nickels. You deserve every every nickel, but I'm just saying this whole idea of what we've been taught is some bullshit. We've been taught that a lot of stuff. Oh, you see, um, when we look at sports and shit, you know, we both watch basketball and shit like that. So when you watch when you watch sports and these dudes getting money, they getting poo poo money, man. Not saying that they're not in the gym working out hard. They're not perfecting their crafts and stuff like that. But this is the stuff that we just we choose to put the most money into. Oh man, it's we we kind of backwards as a society, you know. Absolutely. I people, agree with that. Teachers, nurses, the people that keep us alive, they 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 working their ass off and for for pennies, you know. I don't know. We have to what if they did out. have better salaries. But if they did, have better be like, man, I ain't going to work today. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like, how many would actually just like stop showing up? Like, oh, I just got these hands manicured. I ain't. I'm not doing that. Shit, it's some doctors that get paid pretty good. I know, and they go to work. I know. So, I'm just talking about some of the nurses. They're like, oh, I just got these nails done. I'm not touching no patients today. You know. But let me ask you a question. What is the makeup of your style of art, like, is it a, is it a, uh, a combination, a plethora of different artists, or just the things that you you? Man, to be honest, man, I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same art that I did when I was ten. To be honest, I I I, I look back at my my work, some of my old work. I'm like, man, this is the same art, you know, that I was doing when I was eight. You know, it's, it was, what's interesting is, you know, I feel like we, we kind of move in circles, you know, in cycles or whatever you want, however you want to describe it. And I feel like my work is the same thing. I've always drawn what I've seen around me, you know, and that's what my work is. It's, it's me drawing what I see. It's my interpretation of things. It's me making, it's me trying to understand society understand the world through my art, through people, you know? And I think that's why I have such a deep um, um, 
empathy for people because, you know, I see myself in everybody. You know, I, I, you know. Is it important for you as an artist that people get your work when they look at it and they see it, or does it do you? I use so in my work, I, I'm a figurative. I do figurative paintings. Um, uh, I, it's my series of work that I'm doing is called Slim Crowism, and it's about this the influences of Jim Crow on our modern times, but through more of a Southern hip hop lens, right? So in my work, it's usually um, it's usually a figurative figures in the work, and it's usually uh, these figures that are in these environments. And these environments are usually advertisements. Some are vintage, some are contemporary, and the 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 backgrounds become um, this in, these environments that we exist in that we sometimes pay attention to, sometimes we don't. Um, they become a part of us at times. Um, uh, and and they're a mashup of different things that, you know, I feel, you know, that I feel so, I feel like problems that we have, excuse me, are layered, right? It's not like this simple thing that we always think it is. Man, dude, dude just on drugs, man, he tripping. What about, let's look at him as a person, right? Let's look at, you know, how he exists in these environments. It's, um, uh, is, is he really just on drugs or is he trying to, um, trying to deal with, with the environment that he might be in, you know? Is it is his use of drugs his way of coping with reality? Right. Yeah, coping with reality. Is it is it is his his family history? What what if his what if his great great grandfather was raped, right? And what, how did that affect the rest of his family, right? And how did that trickle down to him being in this place right here, right? So, like, like. So it's always about these layers for me. It's like me trying to understand uh, the, the present from the past. So I know where we're going to in the future, you know? And that's what my work is pretty much about. It's about making these connections between the old and the new, you know? You always hear, um, you know, the parents say, you guys aren't like what, how we used to be. And I disagree, I really disagree. You know, the language may change, uh, fashion might change, the style of how things are done might change, but we're doing the same thing our parents did. Just the age difference, that's all. That's it. That's and, it. And like even when they were like, well, y'all, the, 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 the language that's used in the music, the language that's used, the language that's used now is no different from the language y'all use and your parents talked about that language. And I think that's the only difference is a little bit more vulgar. Like they kind of spoke in code, like double entendres and stuff, you know. But it I mean? was still, it was still when the parents knew what it was, it was still that the parents um looked uh, talk down on it. You couldn't say uh, but you know, and, and around certain people because they were from the old school and that was certain things you just couldn't say. And now, like I I think as 
we're evolving forward. It's just the language is changing, but it's the same type of wording. You look at you look at the depth of music, and then you start saying, "Like, okay, they was rapping about sex. They rapping about sex now." You know, yeah. yeah. You know, so and that's what I, I told someone that I said yeah. the the biggest difference is you can't, or not so much of a difference. You can hear, <clears throat> excuse me, you can hear it in the music. Um, every ten years, I feel like the music changes, especially when it comes to hip hop. The yeah. music changes, but uh, and, and that's important, right? Yeah, it is important. But the thing for me was, as I was telling someone, like, if you look at the way music has changed every 10 years in hip hop from its beginning to where it is now, it's always it's always had a change. It's it's always been there. But every 10 years, you get to the same cycle of people saying that, well, that ain't the hip hop I was raised on or that ain't hip hop. You know, we had the shiny, the golden, the was it the shiny suit era? We went through that. We went through hip hop being fun and social and political and conscious and all this other stuff. We went through. We went through all. Of, we went through the hustler phase of, of, of hip hop. Now we in a trap. We in. A, I think we in a trap right now. Yeah, we we well we trapping and drugging. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. And we 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 using a lot of drugs too. That's what I, I'm saying. Trapping and drugging. Yeah, we drugging yeah. by yeah. using the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are now. But, but and guess what? It ain't no different. People, other other genres of music have had the same. Yeah, and people been and people been doing the same drugs over yeah. and over and over again. All right, the, all right, the right. Yeah, heroin, that's why I went. Heroin get hot. Heroin loses heat. And then heroin get hot again. That's it. And I was telling somebody that I was like, man, you ever go back and and think about what your mom used to say about hip hop music? Ain't nothing but um a bunch of uh bunch of noise now you tell no you go listen to the the people talked about jazz and they say it ain't nothing but a bunch of noise yeah they the call it jack for those who don't know they call it jackass music yeah that's what they call what, what black people was doing they call it jackass yeah. music yeah so it's the same cycles we go we still we dance we go to make him uh deep music that's about pain then we dance again. Then we go to making deep music about pain. Or we make music about love, you know, which which and it's a thin line between pain and love, right? Uh, so it's 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 a cycles. It's just cycles, man. And it's it's a, and you know, I, and that's why I try not to be so hard on the young people, man. Just understanding that history just repeats itself. Yeah. And without us, they're not gonna. Um, the way they evolve won't be any better than the way we evolve. No, we got to understand that have we, didn't, more of a, we didn't come up influence. in the best. We didn't come up in the best shit either. No, we didn't, hell no. we didn't have. We remember we didn't. We we always talk about the OGs, but the OGs was just dudes that was two or three years older than us. You know, five in years. Certain situations. Someone was a little bit older, but um, you know, a lot of them or certain ones didn't do much. You know what I mean? Exactly. To, to That's, what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. They were they were just a you know a few years older than us and you know they you know we gotta understand that even in our time period it was a lot of the dudes that probably could have told us better that had been had went to prison you know the dudes that was the dudes that didn't go to prison they imitating what the other dudes did trying to tell you give you game and they don't they not they're not the ones that was out here doing. Yeah, they went. They went with. Well, yeah, they went with the shits. Right. So, yeah, we. So we. Now we had a period where, we have 
and, and the, I think the weirdest thing about where we are now is that a lot of the kids that's getting into the shit now don't necessarily come from the same environments that we came from. That's a that's a very that's a very big truth. Yeah, and then in the in the, the worst part is, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about the ones that you was you look at and you be like, this dude right here, he a monster, right? But you like you go look at his family situation, like this this kid actually get, had you know like a parent in the house that was doing this this and this, you know they at least had lights on in their house, they, you know, and some of us grew up in 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 our time period where it was. It was raw, rough, rugged, and raw. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It was yeah. nasty. It was some of us grew up in some nasty uh, situations. So yeah, every time when you seen certain people acting out, you knew like, yo. Yeah, he like, dude, dude, family fucked up. Yeah, his whole his whole situation ain't no good. So he just yeah. is what he is. Yeah, and I think that's the work. That's the hardest part for me. Like we losing these kids that don't necessarily have to uh, be living like this. You got kids that's going to college, man going to college and they they getting this shit where they shoot somebody they kill somebody in college like yeah. kid you in, you in college to um to become more sophisticated become um to become more educated and well-rounded where you can change your family's prediction you know for, for um not prediction but um predicament um yeah projector you know yeah, so it's like it's so much that could be like it's just like man, I don't know. Even when I was at Ole Miss, bro, we we'll go to the the, the uh little, little little parties and stuff, and then do these kids, the college kids getting into it with the locals. I'm like, man, we in Oxford, Mississippi. Like, man, this is some bullshit. This is this is the anti-black shit that I'm talking about. We we just carry it on. We we look at the locals and we got this is us versus the locals. Nah, man. You are these people. Yeah. You, you I, should be connecting with these people. Yeah, I, I never liked that when I would be somewhere and that type of shit would happen. And it's like, fam, you don't have to prove yourself to nobody, right. especially to me. Like, we, yeah, we all from the ghetto, bro. Like, this ain't, it just this ain't nothing. You might have came, came from a better well- you know, a different household don't mean you have to prove yourself. No, it, it, testing your nut, trying to test your nuts with me ain't gonna help either one of us, man. One of us is gonna get hurt or worse. You know what I mean? And, and it's not. In the end, we we both gonna lose. You know what I mean? So, I never. You know what? That was another thing I didn't understand. Like growing up, going to parties or clubs, and guys would clash. It was just like y'all. Everybody got dressed <laughs> to go out. To now, get beat up, to call each other at the store. Y'all saw each other at the mall. And, and none of y'all wanted to bang the whole time y'all was out. Yeah, so y'all wait till y'all get to the club and bang. I never understood then that. You shot, like, the, you shot an innocent person. That was the weakest shit in the world, bro. You ain't even shoot the person that you was trying to shoot, you know? The weakest shit in the world. When I, I started realizing, I was like, yo, why they... Why would you even lead a hood if you, if you wanted drama? You could have walked up the block. If, if and if this if if you now, now let's get to the real. If you really wanted beef, you could have called that man. Yo, I need to come. I need you to come see me, bro. If we want. We, you want to box? We go, come see me and let's box. Let's really box. 
That too. But now that you know, you wait till you get to the club, then you people hauling you back, doing all this shit. Then you out, you go get out in the parking lot, you get to your trunk, and then you shooting it, shooting in public around like people that don't have nothing to do with nothing, nothing to do with it. That shit was crazy to me, man. I was just like, yo, I just saw y'all all week and none of y'all seem to want to do anything. And now y'all wait till y'all out here where we all trying to meet with women and get with women and have a good time. And now everybody a stone cold killer. How, how sway? But again, there it go. It goes back to what, you know, that, that love, like if, if, if it wasn't no problem when you left the neighborhood, it should be no problem at the club. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like you said, it's about love. Like person don't love themselves, so they have to try to prove themselves to all these other people. I don't get, I don't get no attention no other way. So now let me get some attention this way. Yeah. You know the bad, the bad boy image. Um, that might give me a couple, you know, women or or whatever it is. Um, just weird, some weird old shit. Do you do local like uh, events or uh, youth programs or anything where you're from or where you currently are? Yeah, man. I'm. Um, I can't hear you. I say yeah, yeah. I'm a uh, you know I'm a community person, bro. So um, what one of the things that I do I, I have to do a better job at is doing for the kids more. Like I do for the kids, but I need to do a lot more. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, uh, cause I always get like this, hey man, I got a daughter that's doing this. Let me know when you have in class. So I need to do a better job. You know, I'm not saying that I don't have a lot of stuff already going on. It's just that I need like a better system to 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 do for the kids too. You know what I mean? And that's what that's one of our plans is just to figure out a way to get get in front of kids, influence kids more, and you know, and then, you know, get money, get money um, to, to do things I want to do, you know, you know, so gotcha. I'm, I'm waiting on you to get rich, so. <laughs> I got you, you already know what time it is, bro. I can hit you up and get, get that, uh, get you to uh, donate to, to the cause. Listen, the moment I hit, the moment that happened, you already know what time it is, and I don't want you saying nothing about my gold, my gold toilets or nothing either, you know. <laughs> I'm just gonna steal one of them. That's it. Hey, if you can pick the motherfucker up and get up out of there with it, you's a bad dude. I'll bring my dad with me. <laughs> hey, how you get how you unscrew this? Boy, that boy gonna be nailed into the flow, pimp. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's one of my goals. Um, I'm always trying to uh, connect to the kids, to the students and like, cause you know, I teach at a college. So I'm trying to connect to them. And I'm definitely, I'm always trying to make sure kids that look like us know that um, they have somebody that can, you know, support them and, and uh, help them, um, you know. So I try to, you know, make sure I'm available to everybody, but. I Do you give positive reinforcement throughout the course of the day and in, in the classes? Um, I try to. I've heard oh. from my students that I don't. Some, uh -oh. like I feel like I don't always have to say, "Oh, that's a great this or that's a great that." And I think a lot of times with students where they are now, they they are looking for a lot of um, uh, praising and things like that. Unlike us, you know, we just work. 
Yeah. You know, we work and then if the work look good and you praise it at the end, so be it. But we weren't always looking for somebody to come pat us on the back. And it's this this group of students, it's not their fault, you know, it's it's where we are right now in, in history. You know, but what I'm saying, like as far as positive reinforcement, like telling them that they're good people or building yeah, them up, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just being giving good encouragement, like yeah. what they are, they are could be good and 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 all that, and I still wouldn't compliment them. It's like, oh, okay, you did all right. Yeah, but that's what they look for. That's their kind of positive reinforcement for them. You gotta say, oh, this is did a great job with that line right there, or they feel like you you know they. They're not doing. Yeah, we we like you said, we're definitely from a different era because era. we just we just did what we were supposed to do. All we wanted to know was it, that it was being done correctly. Like you didn't have to tell us it was excellent, but as long as it was correct, you know, that's all so, we needed to know. So, um, so what I what I I think what I, where I am as far as like positive reinforcement uh, with, with students is I try to I try to always especially the ones that I know that are working hard, you know, and the ones that are interested, I try to give them information that can help them like get to where they want to be. Because I feel like, I do feel like nurturing is important, but I also feel like information is important for them. Um, They get so much information that they don't know necessarily, they don't necessarily know which information to use. You know what I mean? So, what I try to do is make the information that's important to, you know, th- what's important for this student might not be what's important for that student, right? Right. So I try to get to know them and, and what the, the ideal of things that they want, they got, the, the talents they have, because even if we're a drawing class, everybody don't have the same talent, you know? And some people think, like some people, sometimes you get these, romantic ideas of this is what I want to do, right? But that might not necessarily be your strength. Your strength might be more of this thing. So I'm like, yeah, you have, have you thought about this? This is something that you might need to look into. Um, yeah, you're majoring in graphic design, but you know, you got this thing, you got this that you can kind of, like most students don't have this. You need to kind of investigate that and, start, and, and figure out how you can build on that because that's this is your strength mm-hmm. you know so i try in that way um by um trying to help them see that you know the, the direct trying to help them in a, to figure out a direction okay. so that's, that's more of my my way of doing it do you still do anything on the music side no um not not right now i don't um, what I do want to do is, I, I, I just told a student the other yesterday, I want to learn how to make beats. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And I want to, um, but I want to use them for art. You know, I don't, I don't, it's not like I want to produce tracks for anybody. I just want to learn how to make them and use them as a part of my art practice. Yeah. Sounds like a dope idea. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, I want to do it from a Southern perspective, too. You know, I want to do some, you know, some trapping. And, want me to uh, put you in touch with my producer? I need I need somebody that can sit down with me. And I got a beat machine already. I just, okay. uh, I don't, I, I need somebody that's hands-on that can show me how to, 
you know, I wouldn't even care using Fruity Loops because Fruity Loops right now you can you can add all these uh, um, uh, um, what's the things called uh, beat packets. Yeah, not the beat packets, but the uh, the mix on the the the, the preset things or whatever uh-huh. that you can you know mix it certain ways and get 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 some different things on it uh-huh. from the original food fruity loop. So that's where I am with it. I want to I want to learn how to um, uh, play around with fruity loops. But I, it was another one I was looking at Propel, propeller. Um, I, I kind of like that program. I forgot what was the name of it, but it's through propeller or whatever, and it's more like one that you can. It's kind of like it's between fruity loops and uh, and uh, um, what's the other uh, the high end one that everybody talked about. I can't hear you. What? What's the high end program that you're recording in and, and you can make beats in? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Pro I can't Tools. remember the name of it right now. Yeah. It's between Pro Tools and... Pro Tools. Yeah. 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 I think my uh, my guy uses Ableton or something. Say what? Okay. That's what I was asking. Yeah. I think he uses Ableton or something like that. I know Adobe got a um, music program now too. Man, I just do the rapping, bro. When they tell me to come in there and do something on the music, I, I just do that. Speaking of, salute to uh, Sir Ethics. I got a project I need to hurry up and finish. Just been busy, my guy. We'll get to that real soon. Just working. Got every, a lot of other stuff going on in the, po- in the process of it. So just need to get some time to that. Okay. What else you got on the table? Over on this table or just in conversation? <laughs> I can't tell you what else is on this table right now. Yeah, just on the table, period. Um, just a, I got a couple of music projects, um, some more podcasts. Season one is over with. I'm a, I need to take some more time off to like step away and just have some time to myself and then I'll just start this up like with for season two or whatever. But um and I need to travel. I need a new passport. I need a new passport. I need to come see you guys too, man. That's a that's that that's something that needs to happen. I haven't been down there in a while to catch up with anybody. Yeah, I think we were talking about maybe doing something this summer. So we'll figure out what we're gonna do, and we all we can all link up. We might go back to Memphis and uh, do some and our old stomping grounds or whatever, so. Aren't they supposed to be meeting up in like April, like the beginning of April or something? I don't know, I didn't know about April. I know we was, we was talking about July. Okay. Which might be a good time because um, in July, it gives us a little time to get outside of uh, what's going on with, with the COVID and seeing if we everything kind of start moving back down, keep, continue to move down so we can move uh we can we can get together and we know we'll be cool yeah are you staying safe doing this yeah, i've been pretty safe man um i just got back from new orleans but even when i went to new orleans i wasn't around a lot of people i just went dropped the painting off and uh came back to came back up north uh i was in lafayette maybe two weeks ago uh, which lafayette louisiana um and what else have I been recently? Uh, da, 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 da. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you're walking in your purpose right now? 
I, I feel like I'm close. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm doing a lot of things that I uh, always dream to do, but I'm not fully in that place yet. Which might be like a part of like how how us as humans think about life anyway, right? We never get satisfied, so we continue. You shouldn't to be. Right. Right. So. You shouldn't be. I think um, I'm still. I'm still. I'm close, but not. Not there yet. Not there. Awesome. Awesome. I'm working. I'm still working. I got levels. I got a few levels I got to break through. Yeah. It's quite a few levels I got to break through. Some people I need to see or rob. So. Um. Oh, okay. That's that's where. It, that's <laughs> I need to. Catch, I, I need to catch up to him. Yeah. I. That's the direction you're going. I got you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just. Just chasing some dreams, man. Chasing some shit down. So I can hold it and squeeze the life out of it. Yeah, other than that, man, life is good. It's your family good. Ain't nobody suffering from no no COVID symptoms or anything. Nah, right? um, I had an auntie pass in November, but it wasn't from COVID. Okay. Um, my my auntie, condolences. Yeah, my auntie Shirley, which is a a very interesting woman, very funny woman. She lived in New York for a long time, and she brought that um New that New York um flavor down south, which was, I was always entertained by her. Uh, and the way, you know, if you ever been to New York and just went to like the, the donut shops and the little corner stores, you listen to how the people talk. And I love the way she talked about like life. Um, it was always interesting and funny to me. So uh, yeah, she passed in November and um, that's pretty much been it, man. Um, nobody else. I had a cute couple family members that got the COVID, got COVID, but not, you know, it didn't get it uh, too bad. Okay. So, so do you still do the printmaking? I do a little bit of printmaking. Um, most of the time I do printmaking in my paintings. Um, so. Um, What's the process to that? I use, I wish we were in my studio, but I use this pink foam. And uh, I cut into the pink foam and ink it up, and I print that on my work. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I want to start doing some silk screening on paper and start cutting that out and putting that in my paintings, too. So it's just, you know, I got different things that I work on, I do. Okay, cool. I think we about done here, right? Yep. Yeah. Vita Shield, I appreciate you uh, being a part of the Full Problems Podcast. You are an amazing person. I appreciate everything. That you, be on it, man. Yeah, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. A lot of people don't know. Uh, this was like kind of my the good side of my conscience coming out right here. This was the guy right here that kind of got me to stop wanting to knock motherfuckers' heads off and shit and stop fighting all the time. Um, huh? Positive energy. You need I needed it though. I needed because everything around me was was a little. Was, I was struggling. I was yeah. struggling with it. Struggling with it. And it took me a while. So I appreciate you and Kenyon for you all's influence and energy in my life. It, it made a hell of a difference. And you remember, like you came around too. I had a whole bunch of chaos going on. So, oh man, you did, man. <laughs> you did, but. I liked your chaos. Your chaos yeah, was better yeah. than mine. Yeah, yeah. Your it shit was, was funny good. too, though. Like the yeah, shit that was, was going on. It 
with old girl who, who did, old yeah. girl didn't clean up. She clumped up and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she clumped. She ain't clean. She yeah. clumped up. It was hilarious. <laughs> that was some good shit though. Some good times, man. Yeah. Um, appreciate you though, bro. We gonna get on up out of here, man. This has been another episode of Faux Profits Podcast. Y'all enjoy, enjoy y'all's day, evening, morning, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah.